0: radio because the the, the the mommy bloggers would would pitch forks and torches and fucking drag them out and it would be the sale of witch trials all over again because the mommy bloggers are the most venomous vicious vile women on the fucking planet <laughs> they will tell you oh that's how you swaddle your baby that's how you do it sure if you want your baby to be fucking retarded that's how you should fucking swaddle them this is how you're supposed to swaddle a baby <laughs> but, welcome to super movie brothers
1: Welcome to Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And we got a brief episode? There's not a whole
0: lot, man. Not a whole lot. Not not, not a whole lot going on. We have one review to do. I think I stupidly said last week that I was going to be reviewing Fast 9. And then I was like, oh, dumbass. That shit don't come out until June 25th. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's at the end of of the month.
0: It's been out for three weeks by the time it comes out here it's been out three three weeks everywhere else in the world but it doesn't come a out a weird because I think
1: they used to do it day and day around the world. They used to, but right. I realized that, like
0: you know, I mean, you heard about the whole John Cena thing, right? Like uh, where, where John Cena, while doing like a TikTok like promotion for it or something like that, while doing some video, he was he kind of mentioned that the video was going to be released in China and Taiwan, which recognizes Taiwan as a separate country from China, which actually pissed off Chinese people because. China believes that Taiwan is part of their country. Taiwan believes themselves as an independent nation. Hence, a lot of people you know say free Taiwan. Uh, so <laughs> it actually caught the movie in some hot water, John Cena doing that. So he actually had to issue an apology to China mm. on the behalf of himself and Universal Pictures because... He recognized an independent nation as an independent nation, and which then caught him flack at home because here in the United States, we recognize Taiwan as an independent nation, and so do most of liberal Hollywood. So John Cena is going to be returning to wrestling. He's coming to SummerSlam.
1: <laughs> it reminds me of the, uh, the recent Israel and Palestine... Uh, yeah very similar. it's very similar very
0: sim- very similar yeah it's so it's like I mean that we didn't do a news story on that because that happened about like like a week before it came out internationally but I found that story very funny because oh like, it is it's, it's, I it's, could see I could see John hilarious. Cena being like you want me to apologize for recognizing an independent nation as an independent nation and they're like yes question does does Taiwan have an Olympic team yeah they have Olympic teams but they're separate from the Chinese teams? Yeah, yeah, totally separate from the Chinese teams. So they're an independent nation. <laughs> Look. But he had to apologize to I... China because that's how much the China dollars for a movie uh, mean. And guess what? Fast 9 did not do well in China. It's doing well. It's doing okay internationally. But it wasn't doing the gangbusters they thought it was going to do in China which is the reason you released it internationally first and not in the U.S. right away. Well,
1: I think partial fatigue. Also, I think still the COVID aspect is, uh, is See, part of I it. See, I don't
0: know, and this is no offense to anybody who's listening to this show in China. I don't think you guys have real internet in China, so maybe you're not actually hearing this. You have your your filtered communist government internet, and I'm not sure if you get our podcast there. I'm pretty sure we're blacked out there. But anyway, if you're Chinese and you're listening to this, and... But, does the Chinese audience feel fatigue? Because I'm pretty sure, like the most recent Transformers movie did, like Gangbusters over there too. And like, if you're not fatigued on that franchise already,
1: then <laughs> yeah. But again, that that was a little bit ago. That was like three years ago, and we haven't had any big spectacle films recently. COVID. No, they were just re-releasing uh, American
0: films over there, which is how Avatar beat the world box office. Oh and yeah. Took uh, took, took End Game because they re-released it over there in China. So. Yeah, but anyway, I, I don't that's, know. I don't know. It's 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 just a fun, interesting thing. But like, I stupidly, I think I said last week that as I as I took four minutes out of our time here to to talk about this, uh, I, I stupidly said like last week that I'd be reviewing Fast Nine this week. Me and Jay, and then I was like, oh, nope. I won't. So we'll be doing that next week because it doesn't come out until June twenty fifth here in the states, almost a month later. Uh, and at least one of us will have seen it for that review. I guarantee that. because <laughs> so, I don't think we cannot review it, and the reason I'm and saying that, and I won't be going yet. out of my way to see it. <laughs> yeah, and the reason I'm saying that is because Jay and myself are going to be doing a top five tonight. So Ooh, we're gonna yes. we're. We're going to be doing a review In the Heights. So uh, we did watch In the Heights. I think both of of us watched it on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. You did not go to the theaters to see it, correct? correct? Okay, yeah, and I watched it on HBO Max as well, uh, which is why it took me six hours to get through it. That I'll explain during our review. Mm. (laughs) Uh, We're also going to be doing a top five. Way back in the day, me and Jay did a top five car chase scenes with Chris. Uh, At the time, Chris was from... I like to what was from more gooder than Kristen is now from the podcast. I like to like things, so uh, but you'll hear that episode later on this week, uh and it's and th- that will be the the top five car chases in movies. And the reason that that is is going to be getting released is because Jay that was like episode sixty seven, which is like lost Woo. to the annals of time. So <laughs> it was so long yeah, ago. Yeah,
1: you got to blow the dust off of that shit. Yeah
0: that 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 like you probably can't find it on on itunes or anywhere else uh but we actually did that episode in preparation for fate of the furious which in the episode i keep calling furious eight or something <laughs> <laughs> i keep calling it i kept calling it the wrong name over and over and over yeah again. You're,
1: you're good for that every every two or three <laughs> months you're yeah you know
0: so So I I figured, like, I'll replay that for everybody, and this week we will do our top five movie cars, cars in movies, not the car chase, it's the car in the movie.
1: Just cars in the movie.
0: uh, Right. And the, the stipulation was it has to be a car, not a you know car like thing so like i i i was looking at some lists and they had like the uh the 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 marine mover from aliens and i was like well that's not really a car that's more of like a rover right it's not really like a car it's on a different planet it doesn't look like Mm -hmm. a car they actually took a baggage carrier from an airport and turned it into that vehicle so ergo not a car in real life not a car in the movie so not that doesn't count. Motorcycles don't count. It has to be a car. Two to four doors. Seats one to two people. <laughs> steering wheel. Shifter knob. Hey, even an automatic will count. <laughs> but it had to be uh, a
1: car. Tires on pavement. Four, four wheels at least. <laughs>
0: right. Wheels may be able to fold underneath the vent and
1: fly. Though, so... so, so. <laughs>
0: But we'll get into that list later on. Right now, me and Jay are going to get into our review for In the Heights. It only took me eight minutes to get there. Once upon a time, in a faraway land called Washington Heights, it's a story of a block that was disappearing. My mom is Dominican, Cuban. My dad is from Chile and PR, which means I'm Chile, Dominican. Cuban. But I always say I'm from Queens. Say So it doesn't disappear. All right, In the Heights, which is produced by Lynn Manuel Miranda. People kind of know that name because. He's famous for, for Hamilton. it has been setting the world on fire, much like Cats did and other, other fantastic musicals before it, uh, Broadway, Broadway productions before it. Uh, and he has now garnered himself quite the name in Hollywood as a result of it. So his name carries a lot of weight, but so does the weight of its director, uh, John M. Chu, mm-hmm. who was the director of last year or actually two years ago, the big hit. Crazy Rich Asians, which essentially was the My Big Fat Greek Wedding for a new age. Uh, Yeah,
1: I mean it's really a perfect storm of like the people behind Hamilton and Crazy Rich Asians, a musical. Like it's it's like a great recipe, a big ensemble cast. Because
0: I mean, a Lin Manuel Miranda. I don't know if you know this, but he's a Latino man. Did you know that, Jay? He's Latino. I did. You did. All right, so and then they got they, they got Chu, who did Crazy Rich Asians, which was this fantastic story that kind of lets you in on on a culture that many of us aren't familiar with. Now they've blended the, the, those two things together and they're giving us a culture that I think we all think we know a lot about. Think we all think we you know you we have Latino you friends know we think we think we think we know about this culture and stuff like that because it is so pervasive in our country, but then I watched this movie and I was like I know nothing because I'll never know what it feels like to be a second generation or even a first generation you know person of an immigrant in this country I'm I'm third fourth generation in the United States, you know, I'm pretty far removed from those who came over and my family didn't come over through Ellis Island. They came in through Baltimore. What up? (laughs) Uh, But so it's, it's interesting in that respect. So, uh, and, and that's one of the things I found fascinating about it. And that's, what's at the heart of this movie. What does it mean to be part of a neighborhood? What does it mean to be part of a culture? It doesn't matter what flag you fly. The culture is very similar. They, they, they all bring similar s- similar traditions, similar aspects of their culture from their different countries. But they all come to this one location of Washington Heights. Uh, it's a small neighborhood, but it is pervasively Latino. And it's the story of the individuals who live there during this, this short time in the summer. And it stars Anthony Ramos... Who plays U.S. Navy, <laughs> uh, which is a funny story about how he got his name in the film. But We won't, we won't spoil that here. Uh, Melissa Barria, who plays Vanessa. Leslie Grace, who plays Nino Rosa. And then we have Corey Hawkins, who plays Benny. Uh, Corey Hawkins, you might remember from a movie that me and Jay love straight out of Compton. Dr. Dre. And then we have Olga Marendez, who plays Abuela Claudia. Jimmy Smits, Kevin Rosario, and then Gregory Diaz as Sonny. Uh, and then a big shout out to one of my favorite actresses who's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Stephanie Beatriz. She plays Carla. So I just wanted to mention her because I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I love her character on it. So. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> uh, but that's our cast of characters. And the story is following Anthony Ramos' character of US Navy as he is running the neighborhood bodega. Uh, and he has dreams. He wants to pick up his parents' dreams of moving back to the Dominican Republic where he will run a bar on the beach that was once owned by his family. So he is kind of preparing himself for this big move cuz he's now finally has I'll take that enough job. money yeah enough money to do so to go there and live his parents dreams he's allowed what his parents have have made for him to 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 become the pervasive thought that he has for his high bar for success and then we also have a very similar Type story with Leslie Grace, who plays Nina Rosario, who is the daughter of Jimmy Smith's Kevin Rosario in it, where she is a very brilliant student who is escaped Washington Heights and has gone out to California to Stanford, and everybody in the neighborhood is so proud of her that they and they look forward to her. Lifting their neighborhood up. When one makes it, they all feel like they've they've made it out. And the pressures that that Jimmy Smith's character of Kevin Rosario puts on his daughter mm. to become that person also is is very you know similar to the same to the same feelings challenge that, yeah. right that U.S. Navy feels about his parents. So that's that's the crux of our story. Everybody getting this so far? But that is not what the heart of the movie is. The heart of the movie is. The music, the culture, and the neighborhood, the heart of this neighborhood, and I watched this movie. I took six hours to watch it, so I wanted to rewatch.
1: And it. I will have to say that I also took uh, three or four times to try and finish this movie. Right. And, and and I wasn't. <sighs> it, it
0: wasn't that I wasn't enjoying it. I really enjoyed what I was watching. But we were watching on a Friday night. I got home from work at 4.30. My son needs to eat every three hours. Occasionally, he just likes to cry because it's a fun sound he found. Ah!
1: Ah! Ah! Wah! Wah! You like that? Huh? You like that? Wah! You just tune this out, don't you? Wah! Well, tune this out! Wah! Ah! Shut up!
0: so he just likes to do it Uh, so me and my wife had to continuously pause and pause until we finally went to bed around like 10 o'clock and then we came back downstairs and we finished it so by the time we started at at like 4.30 when I got home from work it was over by like 11 And uh, I felt like I didn't watch it in the way that I had intended myself to. So I did rewatch it last night. I actually stayed up late. I stayed up till about two o'clock in the morning after Grayson went to bed. And I finished an episode of super movie bros and I put it out. It was our live stream for the cure episode, which so there wasn't a lot to edit. It was like 1130 and I was like, all right, Let's do this. I'm going to rewatch it. This movie is uh, an hour and four is, is 143 minutes. So it is an hour is two hours and 23 minutes. So I didn't get it done until well after 2 a.m. <laughs> and I enjoyed the ever loving hell out of it the second time around watching it.
1: Yeah, I do wonder if I would have enjoyed it more in the theaters. And I, I guarantee you I would have. My issue is it's a classic musical based around characters that I can't 100% relate to, nor... Uh, I I I couldn't get into because of the fact of that it is a traditional musical, so well, they I mean, do a me lot and you of as, singing. as white
0: males we are not meant to relate to them.
1: Well, but yeah, but I can I can get into a culture and I appreciate it. The, the, this is my main takeaway from this movie. It is extremely well made. It's, oh, it's very it's gorgeous. gorgeous. It's so well choreographed, produced. Um, it flowed really well. There was really some spectacular, you know, set pieces every, and ensembles. Every character
0: and is a subplot, and every and that, subplot this, has a payoff. It is a well, masterful that too. Script.
1: But also, sometimes I think that's also a drawback for me because it was too much. I thought there was a little bit too much going on within the story, which also led to the bloated runtime. And you know, as many of our listeners know. I can get drowned out by some some lyrics, especially with heavy musicals that just do it you know, break out in song in the middle of a conversation. Like I I just it doesn't make any sense to me.
0: See, that's what I actually like about these. I can't do it. I,
1: I, I I get
0: completely disinterested disinter- so lin-manuel Miranda obviously wrote all the music for it what i liked about it was the music was very conversational there was a lot of musical numbers I, that started like that. as a conversation I, I, yeah. that became a song i know that, i know that first started as a as talk singing like the way johnny cash used to sing I, where they're just kind of like singing the, what a normal conversation but they're singing it in yeah. a sing-songy voice i hate it <laughs> <laughs> but then but then it got itself into an actual song from there, and it, it, I, I thought it blended script and, and music extremely well, and I could see why maybe that wouldn't work on the stage so much, but works so well here in a film.
1: You're right. You're very right. On the stage, that would be a, a challenge. Um, but again, I, I'm just saying personal preference. I'm saying, that, yes, they did it. You're right. You're 100% right. They did a great job with that. For me, I don't like it. I just don't. I never did. I never will. It's just one of those things that I just don't. I can't get into.
0: And Lauren said you weren't going to like this movie after we finished it. Yeah. I was like, why do you say that? And she goes, he's the whitest white guy in the world. There's no way he's going to really enjoy this. And I was like, I'm not that white.
1: (laughs) Um, Well,. On paper, I'm white. You're only tan because on you're white.
0: You, you, you've been out on boats fishing all
1: summer, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you're tan. <laughs> and all the girlies say I'm pretty
0: fly for a white guy. But no, I'm,
1: I'm the most empathetic person in the world. Um, anyway, this, I would have loved to have seen this movie as a drama. I get that. I get that. But and that's, that's your sentimentality. That is my I sentimentality. And it's just one of those I, things where, like I said, with the craft, I really appreciated. I I give it a. I would say a favorable score, but it's, you know, overall, my knacks are the fact of the construct as a musical. And, I, and it took me out of it and I couldn't get into the story or care But that's, like, that but that's like watching
0: tommy boy and being like man this would have worked so much better as as a dark comedy or 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 a dramedy about about uh, a, a guy who's just trying to impress his father try <laughs> you know what i mean that's that, that, you're knocking a film for the genre that that it's in Rather than for its merits alone, where you're just like I, I, I'm trying to find the
1: balance, dude. I'm telling, I I understand. Your preference is that it would be I see the merits. I see the merits, but I'm I gotta set but it's the whole point of individual critics. Like my point of view is like this is not my cup of tea. It didn't suck me in. Now I'm not a traditional musical type of person. However, like things like Stars Born and La La Land. They walk a fine line on the version not traditional movies. They're not traditional. Period. So, you know, that worked for me very, very well. I love those movies. They were in my top five, I think. Um yeah, those both years. Ones. So yeah. Uh, you know,
0: so I, I think for me, I, I will say this, like, yes, the length did get to me a little bit. Um I do think I do think it was a little long. Did every song that was in there need to be there? Did every subplot that was that that was there need to be there? I, I will defend the choice for those to be there because you're telling the story of a neighborhood and you're, you're trying to follow six characters, even though you only have like the role of two main characters and each one of those two main characters have their own love interest and love story going on at simultaneously. So, uh, but what, what, what ultimately got me was like, I did have a little bit of trouble getting into it. I think it probably wasn't until about a half hour, 45 minutes into it that I... I got into the groove. It was of, of the movie. Yeah, and I it was my first turn off was
1: the thirty minute mark <laughs> or something yeah. around there.
0: So, so like that's when I started like getting into it. That's when I started going with the flow of the movie and 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 following it and stuff like that. I mean, I got emotional at, at several different points in the movie. I mean, there's there's a point where where a woman who who everyone calls abuela because she is the she's the old woman on the block that never had children and all the children on the block, everyone that grew up was raised by her, essentially. Like they, they all have a party at her house. So they, they pregame at her house before before La Fiesta, which is like this big celebration for for all of them that they that they have throughout the neighborhood. Um, I got emotional at her story because she talks about she sings about herself and her mother coming from Havana, and her mother worked so hard as a maid, only for her to become a maid and 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 work so hard, and she had nothing to pass down but these. Beautiful napkins and she, she she tells this story of like, you know, we're essentially, you know, we're destitute, but we're not without pride. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. that's something that that every immigrant culture can get behind, you know, like we, we, we may not have everything. We may not have oh. it all. It's but we the, have our culture and we have our pride. And that's something that, that like, j- just like I talked about with with Crazy Rich Asians and just like we've talked about with with my big fat Greek wedding, it's a story about a culture, but it's a story that everybody can, can at least relate to on, on a little level because I could watch this movie with my dad and he can tell me stories about his grandfather or his great grandfather and how they came off the boat and what it was like for them and, and what it was like for our family getting to the point we are. But we're not looking at a fourth generation in the United States. We're looking at a first and second generation in the United States, right? We're looking at, at people who who most like, you know, even our younger characters, their family moved over here. A lot of these, a lot of these characters moved over here as children, you know, they are not native born Americans and they do get into that story in here because Sonny, the, the, the little cousin of US Navy, he is an illegal immigrant. Mm-hmm. He was not born in the States. He was born in the Dominican Republic. Right. He came here and then he wants to go to college. He wants to be an activist. He wants to fight for the rights of of immigrants, but he can't go to college to do that because he wasn't born here and he doesn't have documentation. He His father is played by Mark Anthony, who plays a perfect piece of shit.
1: Really uh, good job. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was Mark a Anthony's good surprise. Like, well, like garbage or a piece of shit.
0: Mark Anthony does a great job at being a piece of shit. Um, I'm not sure if he's a piece of shit in real life. I'm just saying he he looks the part really well, and <laughs> he could do. It. He's just got like that skinny like. No, you know, he,
1: he, he he's, fuck you! I'm he's drunk. He's not that vibe. Bad of an actor. I mean, you see him a couple of things. He's not that bad. He's not that bad.
0: But like that story got to me as well. So like Abuela's story about coming from Havana and Sonny's story, uh, you know about. About just wanting this this acceptance, just you know, even when even when Navy when 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 Navy tells him like you know I want you to come back to Dominica with me, I want you to move there, I want you to run this bar with me, and he's like, dude, bro, that's your dream. I want to be here, you know. I, I want to be in America. I want to make America better for our people, and it's like that that's something that gets by, that, that that I get behind. And like I the the uh, another thing that like I'll say is like a negative for it is. I never believed Navy. I never believed that he truly wanted to go
1: at all. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to say anything more than that, but like I always knew where the story would take us because I never believed that as an outcome. Don't lie. To me, mm-hmm. especially when you're telling a story about a neighborhood and you're celebrating its people, and you are showing some people leaving and getting out and stuff like that, but at the same time, you're kind of showing the heart of this place and how and, and how it strengthens its people by being around their community. I never thought that he would be leaving this community, so um, you know, take that as it is. I'm not not saying you know anything spoiler wise, but I never bought that as a story point, but it didn't really matter to me. I was just having so much fun with the music. I thought the music was fantastic. I thought the choreography was fantastic. I thought, I I thought it looked fantastic on my screen. I, I, I had a great time with the movie. And by the time it was done, I had, I had a lot of laughs. I had, I had a few, few tears welling up in my eyes and I really got behind the, the feeling of this neighborhood and the 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 strength of its people and everything like that and i really got into to a fair amount of the characters Do I think that all the characters needed to be as heavily portrayed as they were? No. Do I think it needed to be two hours and 23 minutes? Probably not. Could they have cut a song out here or there? Yeah, more than likely they could have. Um, There's an entire subplot of, of, of Navy messing up with the girl that he was trying to get with only for it to become resolved very quickly once a blackout occurs. I also felt like the story set up for this blackout to be a big thing. Like, the first writing on the screen is you know three days before the blackout right and then the blackout happens in the middle of the movie and it's a it, it's a very brief subplot of the movie that gets resolved even before the end and i kind of felt like i really felt like we were getting to like this do the right thing moment right if you ever seen the movie do the right thing um i really thought that we were like getting to that but we never got there so i, I kind of felt like the blackout teased the entire time never really had a major payoff either so it didn't no it didn't You're very right. very minor negatives that i have for it ultimately i tapped my fucking toes i cried i fucking laughed and i was satisfied with the story that i was told in the ending that i got got a little teary eyed at the ending
1: you know what i mean a man and his daughter yeah,
0: I got there No, <laughs> So um, I really enjoyed my time with it. Jay, uh, you got anything more to say about In the Heights? Uh, spoiler free. We're going to keep this spoiler free. Review. No,
1: no, I don't have anything else to share. Just my grade B minus. All right, man. My grade A minus. Okay. I fucking love.
0: I fucking, I fucking enjoyed it. I, this respect, is one this of those- movie. I
1: respect this movie. Uh, you know, but that's that's like that's my mainly my grade is because of that. I, I'm kind of disappointed it.
0: that it's doing so bad at the box office. It's not drawing anybody to the box office. Um, it's, um, it's but it, but definitely when you look at like the other movies that like Warner Brothers putting out, I think like, because it, it doesn't have out,
1: any big stars and the fact that it's right. a, a traditional musical, maybe that part, maybe that part.
0: Also, it's about a marginalized people in our in, in, in our in our country. You know, maybe and, uh, maybe maybe. God, you're so you're so hopeful. You, you you think everybody lives on the East Coast or the West Coast and we're and everybody's safe so <laughs> and rolling? Like, I you I, you forget I am that a there's... little naive.
1: I I know I know.
0: Ultimately, even though Jay wasn't in love with it, Jay got enjoyment out of it, and I did love it. I had very minor problems with it. If you have HBO Max and you want to check it out. It's there for you. It'll be available until the end of June. And if you don't have HBO Max and you have a free night, I think this is a fun date movie. I think Mm -hmm. I think you can go on a date, you know, with your with your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or even a first date. You know, it's it. It can definitely, you know, it it could definitely take you and and lift your spirits a little bit Um, and go dancing afterwards, man. I wanted to fucking dance so fucking hard watching this movie. And I am not someone who likes dancing. (laughs) I like dancing ironically. (laughs) (laughs) I like because I'm a fucking piss poor fucking dancer. I'm fucking terrible. But I like doing it. I like doing it, and this movie made me want to do it. And uh, I'm not someone who 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 of late is of the mindset to get happy. And this movie made me just a little bit happy, and that that says a lot. For Good. It. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, I I think you should check this one out. RJ, that does it for our in the heights review. Uh, it took us eight minutes to get to the review. It took us 25 minutes to do the review, but. We're going to get into our top five now. We're going to be doing our top five movie cars, cars in movies, not spaceships, not fucking motorcycles, not even a fucking moped. This is cars in movies. And me and Jay recently have been doing a lot of combined top fives. But uh, when I had Jay send me his top five list and I sent him mine, I was like, we have very few crossovers, man. It looks like we gotta do separate lists, so mm-hmm. let's get into this week's top five. Okay, let's ride. Seatbelts.
1: Chases. Holy shit! be that, Unit 5. You always told me to stay off the freeway. Yes, that's true. You said it was suicide. two. We are in high speed pursuit northbound on Cortland Avenue. Request assistance. You want out of this
0: parking lot? Okay.
1: All of a sudden, it walks a a check. All
0: right, so. Cars in movies, right? There's a lot of cool cars in movies, man. There's there's a ton of cool cars. Movies are are great at taking amazing pieces of auto machinery. And destroying them a lot of the times, uh, <laughs> which may make some some car lovers sad. I'm not a car lover, though. But what, what really makes a a movie car iconic, what really makes it something that stands out, stands the test of time, and makes you remember it, to put it on a top five list, is when the car is so synonymous with the film that it's in that it's practically a character in and of itself. And I have several of those on my list and Mm -hmm. it's what kind of kept some of the other ones even though it's a fucking dope ass automobile I didn't put it on my list because I didn't feel like it was a character in and of itself I didn't feel like it was iconic enough the ones that I have on my list I feel like pretty pretty iconic for me, at least, because as always, these top five lists are me and Jay's personal favorites. We're not saying that they are the best or they deserve to be in a number one or number two or number three slot. We're just saying that that's where we personally ranked them. So get off my fucking short hairs about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Let me let me start this off. I, I yeah, got, Get a, get a Oh, Big nostalgia bomb, too. 1989's Batman Batmobile.
0: Toys,
1: get in the car. Which one? All right, man. This is the first car that I fell in love with. This episode, I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, this is my one car that could be not qualified for this list. I'm not sure, but. It technically is a car right it, it's it's a stripped down gm i believe uh chevy impala chassis yep. um yep. or chassis, chassis chassis chassis, chassis. Thank jesus you. christ and, and uh <laughs> shut up you work on <laughs> cars every day so um and it was it was this <laughs> It was designed by Ant- Chassis is Clay. <laughs> <laughs> <It> was-
0: <laughs> English motherfucker, do you speak it?
1: And um,
0: <laughs> he can't see without his glasses. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. So it was it, it, it was a, it was a Chevy Impala chassis.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was designed by Anton First, and you know this is this Anton movie- First
0: did a lot of the designs for uh for 1989 memo, yeah. So the background you could buy the you could buy a replica
1: right now for 620 grand. Just so you know, why aren't you on that? Aren't
0: you like a rich guy now?
1: Well, you know, I certainly dressed. I, like I one. will be in theory, hopefully. <laughs> in theory is, is the key word. If if I actually you know do my job and make my numbers, which I haven't yet. <laughs> um, anyway, so this was the first car that I can recall loving. And being in love with realizing the danger, the sexiness, the allure, the darkness, the 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 cool factor. I had the I had a fucking toy car too. But like you oh, know, so again, being one of the first movies I ever saw in theaters in my life Jay, how often did you go it? up to
0: a girl when you were driving your El Camino and go, Is the car right? Chicks take the car. <laughs>
1: But, like, the fire coming out of the back, oh, just, like, the slope of the, the corners and the, and the right. wings was, in the it back, was it was sexy, was sexy as, fuck as fuck, and it's
0: still... St- even, even for kids who are five and six years old like me and you were when it came it's, out. It's still my favorite Batmobile. Oh, it's one hundred percent my favorite Batmobile, and spoilers, Jay. It's also my number five. So, yeah, I I, know. I I I too love the eighty nine Batmobile. I still love it to this day. I love the Bat fins on the back, and I'm, you know, I I absolutely so much
1: about it. It's awesome.
0: I love I love that scene where it's being driven into Ace Chemicals and stuff like that, and 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 you you see the fire coming out of the jet engine on the back. Uh Like when when I watched this, I went like, you know what. I get that the sixty-six Batmobile was cool for a lot of people. Well, not for me. When I think of Batman, I think of this, the the, the low rider almost like indie car style, like this this very long, this 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 type of car that like only a supreme billionaire could fucking own because it's got a fucking jet engine on the back. Don't worry, it doesn't even need to turn corners. It's got a grappling hook that'll help it turn corners for it. Yeah, like, yeah. Because <laughs> it's going 200 miles an hour down the street, yeah. and it can't just make a left turn without fucking flipping into a and and, and breaking sure. into a thousand pieces and bursting into flames. It's got that grappling hook God, that's going to just let it it's fucking so ghost ride that
1: whip right around. The more <laughs> right we talk about this, the more I should put it higher on my list. <laughs> right,
0: I love this car. I, I thought this car was fucking awesome. It's also a one seater practically. I know, I know, I know that he he does he does bring Vicky Vale back to the uh God, back Brady to the uh, back with it. And what an awesome. Seat because Mm -hmm. uh it's you know he's driving down this 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 country road with all the leaves flowing around and she's gonna crash they're they're gonna crash into the into the mountain into the wall and then it just it's a hologram and she and he drives right in and the batmobile just looks so amazing coming over that waterfall and it sounds cool it looks fucking cool batman's driving it and he just Picked up his blonde and taken her back to the back cave. Mm. And it's like mm. everything, like five year old me would be like. That's the only way I'm ever getting laid in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> if I have 89 Batmobile, I'll never get laid unless I have that car. Turns out that wasn't exactly the case. However, probably you know, the quantity probably could be much higher <laughs> had I had this vehicle. <laughs> the quality to
1: be determined. Yeah, that's uh, 89 subjective.
0: Batmobile is both your and mine number five. What is your number four?
1: Number four the 64 Aston Martin DB5 from Goldfinger slash Skyfall Trouble with company cars is they have trackers And I suppose that's completely inconspicuous Get in
0: All right, man. That is not on my main list. Uh, that is on my honorable mentions list because it's kind of like the one car from James Bond that I remember and being fucking in love with. This is the one with the machine guns that come out of the fenders, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. And the oil slick sprayer, ejector seats, and you know, kind of foreshadows a lot of the uh, the current modern navigation systems that we have now in cars. So you know, th- despite that. It is just one of the most gorgeous cars ever made. Period, and and, it, and and being in a Bond film and loving Bond movies, this had to be on a list. And for me, yeah, it's a it's, it's a it, great it, nostalgia. This is Bond the high watermark for all of bringing the it back. Eagles. Exactly, exactly, and bringing it back to uh, Skyfall. uh it was such a great experience seeing that thing again, and and it's just it really holds up. You know, silver also, cars really sold have Daniel never Craig
0: as as our as our generation's version of a Connery
1: Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good it was a good handoff, I guess you could say, of the baton. Absolutely. Yep. So, what's your number four, Dave?
0: All right, man. My number four: 1973 XB GT Ford Falcon, driven by none other than Mad Max.
1: Get
0: the guts, Barry. She's the last of the V8s. Shut the gate on this one, Max. See, it's the Ducks Guts. Yeah, she's the last of the V8s. She sucks nitro. Uh, uh, face, forehead, Twin overhead Can yeah? uh, 600 horsepower through the wheel. With the bow. Uh, oh, with the
1: bow. meekness, but the music. And the bitch is born to love.
0: He's in a car for this! Yeah, fucking love this car. I I love the Mad Max series. And I just thought that this car and its modifications just made it just made it like like the the ultimate like you know gearhead like type car. It's just like it reminds me of like Han Solo. This is a Millennium Falcon. A lot of special modifications I made myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you look at this car and you're just like, it, it, everything about it, while it still feels like it, you look at it and you go, that's a muscle car. Why? Because I feel like it's flexing at me right now. <laughs> it, it just looks dangerous. It looks hazardous. It looks like it's made for, for living in this in this wasteland. And obviously, it matches The character that's driving it matches Mad Max himself. So, uh, man, I always thought this car was cool it's it's not anything that i would like obviously drive as like a daily driver but like this is like one of those cars like i remember chris Brayton telling me like he was driving in the desert once uh, i believe he was coming from las vegas heading to las vegas or just somewhere in the desert and he said he saw like parked on the side like all these cars that looked like modified and stuff like that and when they got a closer look they realized it was all the vehicles from the mad max series being taken from one location to another for a show just to like show them off. And he said, it was like one of the coolest experiences of his life. And I was honestly jealous of him for, for having that moment because that's how much i love the vehicles in these movies i love the customization i just think of like all these like gearhead guys you know working on a studio backlot building these these monstrosities to to come onto the screen and to and to represent the character that's driving them and i think that this one represents max fucking perfectly it's fast but it's tough and it's little but man it fucking packs a punch and that's uh kind of mad max in a, in a nutshell So, Mm. all right, Jay, what is your number
1: three? So a little bit of a caveat, but still holds up. It's an interesting story behind it. 1961's Ferrari 250 GT from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The 1961 Ferrari 250 GT, California.
0: Less than 100 when paid
1: spent three years restoring this car. It is his love. It is his passion. It is his fault he didn't
0: lock the garage. Shh, shh, shh. Ferris, what are you talking about? Ooh. Ooh. Ferris, my father loves
1: this car more than life itself. A man with priorities so far out of whack doesn't deserve such a fine automobile. Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this this vehicle actually is kind of like a character in a movie, or at least a catalyst. Exactly. In and movie.
1: I and I was that that's why I think it kind of came up in my rankings a bit more, uh, because it is such a character, and also it's it's kind of funny and interesting because they, you know, it turned out that they actually used three prototype models of uh, a medina spider in this movie for like the wide shots yeah, not saying, I, the I, I, actual sure ferrari they, itself
0: right they put a body kit on top of right on top of another so vehicle. that
1: well, yeah, when they needed the close-ups they would slap on some ferrari things and stuff like that and and i know ferrari was not happy about that obviously um but it, it's just a gorgeous gorgeous car that I also am in love with, and you know this. You know, back at man, back at that time, it was still cost three hundred grand. Um, right,
0: and by and, and I think if you would adjust for inflation, it's probably one point uh, three million dollars yeah, or something it's, like that.
1: It's and and you and it, and it shows to me it shows because it is such a beautiful specimen, and I love the humor and the storyline behind the car, and I think it works seamlessly within. Uh, See, I actually hate this storyline. car
0: because it represents everything that is wrong with Cameron's life, and like, I.
1: I but that's I mean, part don't, I hate of his. But it's part of his arc. That's the whole point of his arc yeah, I get is it. getting over I get that.
0: And I also don't. I I don't really like European cars that much. Sue me, you know. Ooh. I I do work with cars a fair bit for for a living, and I hate I I hate my job when I have to deal with a European car. So like, there's not many of them on my list, if any at all. <laughs> All right, man. My number three. It's a 1971 Chevy Nova SS, but it's been modified, Jay, because from the driver's seat, the car is 100% death proof. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: my number two.
1: Please and and damn. Hey,
0: Remember when I said this car was death proof? Well, that wasn't a lie. This car is 100% death proof. Only to get the benefit of it, honey, you really need to be sitting in my seat. <laughs> there you go. Sharing, sharing spots again. I absolutely love the death proof cars both of them you know he, dra- he does drive two of them in this in this movie but um, yes I love the the death proof car like I, I just I just love the idea of it. Uh, I love the introduction to it it's, where it's just like uh, you know it's I thought such you said a heavy character was- yeah right I you know I was being a hundred percent honest with you when I said this car was death proof but to get the benefit from that honey you really got to be sitting in my seat <laughs>
1: And, and, you know, <laughs> and in the beginning, you know, you don't see anything more than the sound, the v- oh. the, the danger, the visuals of the car itself. Some people this movie started peeling out like, a little bit, but you don't see actually any kind of like car chases. You don't see him driving any kind of particular way. But, you know, right. it's there. You know, it's, it's simmering under the surface for part one of Death Proof. Oh yeah, um,
0: and 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 you got like yeah, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're 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 playing that song, sure. Uh, it, you know, uh, Sam, Doc, Mitch, Twitch, and Titch, and fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the song was, yeah, um, something. But yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 the song's playing, but when the lights come on, the song cuts out, and all you hear is the mm. roar of the engine, and then that plays over and over and over again, as it shows how the car murders each of the women inside of it. And, it uh it, it almost becomes like the roar of a movie monster yes. at that point where like the sexiness of this vehicle
1: not just the uh, motor sound but also like the tires you know the ti- like right. everything it becomes
0: it, it it becomes like i'm not saying it's as iconic as but it almost becomes like a t rex's roar in jurassic park mm-hmm. where it's like this is this monster's sound and death proof wouldn't exist without this idea of a serial killer driving a vehicle into a carload of women. And that is the only way this sick son of a bitch can shoot his goo. And
1: and look, <laughs> and, and side note, big shout out to Part 2 and Death Proof with, um, you know, its battle against the classic 1970 uh, Challenger. Um, Challenger yeah white challenger from, from, vanishing from Point, which
0: which also was in vanishing point which uh both the the challenger is on my honorable mentions for both vanishing mm-hmm. point and uh more so for death proof because i think our generation's probably more familiar yeah, with death proof
1: and Zoe so so bell's stunt on top of the hood oh so
0: fucking tense me, me and jay talk about this movie a fair Bit we uh,
1: and we love this it is, movie. We it did. is
0: low on Quentin Tarantino's list of movies that high he enjoys that he made, <laughs> but it's very high on the NJs. I love Death Proof. I think this is because it was a grindhouse movie. I think this is like a perfect like midnight movie. I love watching it really this movie is. when I'm when I'm drunk or like when I'm hungover. Yeah, when I'm just feeling like you know I'm I'm. I just want to put something on that's just a like, pick me up.
1: Oh like... A fun stupor pick-me-up. Oh, my God. It's a weird thing. All practical, yeah. baby. I fucking that love it. Love it. Uh, love it. All right, so Jay, good. that was my number three. My number
0: two. You're, you're number two. So we're back to me for a number two here. And I'm fucking torn, baby. I'm not going to lie. I'm torn. Ooh, between two and one. Between two and one. But I'm pulling the trigger. I have a feeling this, I
1: know exactly what your two and one are. <laughs>
0: This is a 1959 Cadillac Miller Meteor, Uh, thus named the Ecto-1 by the man who restored it, none other than Ray Stantz from Ghostbusters.
1: It has a gunner seat?
0: with its iconic siren that meow, 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 fucking love it. It's a restored ambulance uh, that they, that they have modified the, 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 stretcher, the gurney in the back carries their backpacks, all the accoutrements on top. That's used for, for, Busting said ghosts. I don't even know what any of the shit on top does. It just looks fucking cool, uh, <laughs> and man, the, the the car is just it's 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 almost like sexy. Like I love that scene of Janine slamming on the fucking alarm. We got one, and they all get fucking together. They they get their shit on like they're firefighters going out to a fire. They pop in this car. It comes tearing ass outside of the of the firehouse drives down the street, pulls up to the Sedgwick Hotel, and we get that iconic shot of the Ghostbusters emblem on the side of it. I fucking love this car, and more importantly, I think the siren has become iconic, because when I watch the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer that they had, mm-hmm. and we see that Finn Wolfhard's trying to start it up, and he's like, come on, baby, and it starts up, and then we see him driving through the cornfield. The score and has we, a
1: little bit of an undertone.
0: Right. The score's building, yeah. and then we get the moment where... You know, the girl's like, it's got a gunner seat. And then we see a ghost flying through town. And we just hear that. And I'm like, I fucking love it, dude. Because that sound that comes from this car lets me know that the Ghostbusters are in town. Fucking love it. And busting makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that, that, that's my number two, man. I fucking love the Ghostbusters fucking Ecto-1, man. This 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 old-ass caddy. It's got the fins in the back still, man. One of my favorite models that I've ever built. I built I built a model of this. Um, and I'm not like a model guy, but like every now and then I get like a model when I go to like the arts and crafts store. And I'm just like, I want to build that. I'm just going to. I build an X-Wing. I've built a DeLorean, I've built a, a Ecto-1, and I've built a Batman 89. Like, obviously, there's certain cars, certain certain things that I want to build, and they're all movie-related. So, all right, Jay, what is your
1: number one? My number one is the 1956 Jaguar XK140 Roadster from Cruel Intentions.
0: About that little wager of yours. Help me in.
1: What are the terms?
0: If I win, then that hot little car of yours is mine. And if I win? I'll give you something you've been obsessing about ever since our parents got married. Be more specific.
1: In English? I'll fuck
0: your brains out. It's so weird. How did you this get to this? Because it's not like iconic at all. Uh, no. do wrong. The it, car it, is, it, is
1: it, a sexy it, beast. It's, it's a sexy little bitch. It's, it's still to this day, it is my favorite car ever. I fell in love with this car and I never went back. Period. I mean, you love this movie this, more so
0: than, 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 and than, I do. than, than and a 35-year-old man I, should. I,
1: I do. I, I definitely do. <laughs> And I have a nostalgia for it as well, but at the same time. So, if you were to say there's a dream car to own, are you saying that like this is it? Like this
0: is the dream car to own? Correct.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. And that's. I don't have and, one of those. And, I'll be honest. And, and, I don't have a dream car. And, and 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 to be honest, it makes it even more funny to me because I probably couldn't even drive it or fit in it because it is a old school classic coupe where the seat will probably not go back at all and uh, it doesn't look like it at least and you know it's just this I don't know the muscle with the front is a long nose classic Jaguar style the uh, the white walled wheels
0: yeah man it's just, it's, it's just you like know, your dick it's all head
1: baby <laughs> <laughs> it's just an acorn glued to your torso I you know and <laughs> And and just the fact of it, it was a bit of a bet character, you know, like uh, with, between Sebastian and his and his, or uh, you know, whatever. But like the two characters, like they had a bet within the storyline, and, and right. the car was on the line, and you see right. it but driving it's, it's, around. It's an
0: ego machine, like that, ego, that's what it's, this it's car is. It's definitely
1: an ego machine, and and you've seen this kind of car being zipped around by a teenager in Manhattan. It just added to this like. Like a lore and cool factor and 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 uniqueness and stood out like no everything
0: other. Jay would want to be.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm, I'll be I'll be honest. I was a whole different kind of person back then when I when this movie came out. And I first saw it and I was very impressionable about it too. And I dug it and I loved. The whole idea, and it still sticks to me, sticks with me to this day. And I did see it in person in a a, uh, Los Angeles showroom. Walking on the sidewalk, I literally freaked the fuck out. And it was the
0: actual car from Cruel Intentions when you saw it. No,
1: but it looked just like it. It was it was a regular car. It was a classic uh, showroom, and it was just like we were just I don't know, just walking in on on Sunset Boulevard, and and uh, stumbled upon it. I believe it was black. I don't think it had the white wall wheels, but I still believe it was black. The 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 silver is gorgeous as well. Um, but again, who yeah i I would just literally have this inside of my house or a garage or something, and just look at it, and just like sit by. I have a bar next to it, you know, like just like literally just look like have it as like a trophy piece. You know, right? Like yeah, it, you wouldn't it would, even drive. It. Would, you would just yeah, look sexy never, standing next to. it. Never, I would never drive it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I get you. No, I, right, ca- I have cars like you know, like John Wick's car, for example. Like you know, like I, I would want that car. I would drive that car. It's a sexy car, but it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't have that emotional resonance for me to put it on my top five. You know, something like that. I got you. But that's I something that I would have in the parking lot right now, and I'd be happy to drive that forever. You know?
0: All right, man, before we get to uh, my number one, um, I fucked up. I didn't ask you for your honorable
1: mentions before your, your number one. So any honorable mentions? Did you have well, any? Well, sneak peek. I mentioned the John Wick one, but I did not. Um, there, there, was, there was too many. I, I didn't put any honorable mentions down because okay. I tried not to get into all that. I do.
0: I do have some honorable mentions here. I have the 1970 Dodge Charger R/T, which was Dom's Charger mm. in the Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. the, the original film from 2001. Yeah. Reason I put this on here: get that fucking... It's got the fucking sexy engine sticking out of the top. It's, got the, it's got the air intake. Got in the 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 torque on it when 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 him and Brian are doing that quarter mile race to the train tracks and he takes off. I love the way it just fucking rears up. And this is kind of like the last time the series had this much heart, right? It's the car that like him and his father were restoring. It's very representative of his dead father and all the all, everything that, that represents Dom is under the hood of that vehicle. Cool. hmm So I I do like that. Um, so I, I I do love that car. I think that car is sexy. I could never handle a car like that. You know what I mean? It's kinda like it's it's kinda like being a woman who enjoys sex, but being like, I don't know if I could handle a 13 incher. <laughs> you
1: know I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> Is that the, you, you cry as you say no. You're like, I'm right, sorry, exactly. no, I can't. Exactly, I just
0: can't. I have uh, Deckard's police cruiser from Blade Runner. That's a it's a, it's a flying car. It takes place in a future world okay. and stuff like that. Okay, nice. I kept that off of my main list mainly because I it's never, not you like never a see character. it drive really. <laughs> right, it's not like a character. I just always like the designs of the cars in that movie. Sure. I just think that from a design aspect, sure, I love the way they look. I have the 1970s 68 Mustang GT 390 from Bullet, which is one of the greatest car chases of all time. Yeah. Steve McQueen Good pick. driving, no stunt man, Steve McQueen driving. Fucking love that car. Uh I have the Bluesmobile, which is a 1974 Dodge Monaco and man they 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 drive the shit out of this fucking old busted ass um Busted ass police cruiser. Yeah, and
1: you see it and you hear it and oh man, there's that thing cranking.
0: I love, I love that movie. Me and Jay did a live show uh, where we watched the movie with everybody at a brewery, and then we did like a live show and we did it. We did of question fun. and answer. That was that, that was a lot of fun. One of my favorite comedies. Uh, so 1979 Ford LT Country Squire. Do you know what? Do, do, do you know what that vehicle is, Jay? The Country Squire. Mm, it sounds familiar. It is the Griswold family roadster (laughs) from National Lampoon's Vacation. (laughs) Uh, Obviously becomes a character in the movie uh, in that it it causes two deaths. (laughs) The ant dies in it and they drag her dog to its death behind it. And it takes them (laughs) cross country to Wally World. Uh, And then we have the 1967 Shelby GT 500 which everyone should know as Eleanor from Gone in 60 Seconds. I have the 1964 Aston Martin DB5 from Goldfinger, uh, which was on Jay's list. Mm -hmm. I have the 1977 Pontiac Trans Am, which was driven by Smokey and the Bandit. Love that car. Love that. Fucking love that. All I want to do is
1: fucking grow a mustache and smoke cigs. Uh, Drink uh, drink Coors Banquet out of cans and... Smoking the Bandit has <laughs>
0: what like like the the theme song for that like I fucking love the theme song for that movie like it's one of my favorite like theme songs like any movie because it's. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I I fucking love that car, sexy car. I have the nineteen seventy five Lotus Esprit, but it's not just a Lotus as Spirit. it's also a submarine, and that is in James Bond. J- driven by James Bond, and it's from The Spy Who Loved Me. And then my final honorable mention, Jay, I have to put this one in here because you know what a fan I am of this series. It is a 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88, and it is driven by Ashley J. Williams in the Evil Dead series, but also. Driven by Uncle Ben in 2002's Spider-Man, also directed by Sam Raimi, love this car because it makes an appearance in everything Sam Raimi does. Because it was his own personal automobile, love and it's it. also become kind of like his good luck charm. So, uh, that's th- that's my honorable mentions list. It's a little long, but uh, those are all the everything that's like iconic to me about cars in movies. But Jay, my number one.
1: I'm I'm sure everybody can guess this. (laughs) It's the
0: 1981 DeLorean DMC-12. When that son of a bitch hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. It is the time machine from back to the future because I don't think there's ever been an automobile more iconic in film. I think you look at a DeLorean, you don't even think about DeLorean Motor Company. You look at a DeLorean and you think, back to the future you think doc brown
1: wait a minute wait a minute doc Uh, are you telling me you built a time machine out of a delorean the way i see it if
0: you're gonna build a time machine into a car why not do it some style besides the stainless steel construction made the flux dispersal look out (laughs) There is an entire convention that is that is created around DeLorean uh you know aficionados, the De- DeLorean collectors, DeLorean lovers. Most of that convention, even though it's it's around the car, is about Back to the Future. There's that great story um, where Bob Zemeckis was talking about how Universal was was telling him that, they, that he that they wanted to get a deal with Ford Motor Company and Doc Brown's time machine was going to be a time was was going to be a Mustang. After they decided not to make it a refrigerator because they didn't want kids watching the movie and locking themselves in a the refrigerator and dying, so they decided to make it an automobile and they wanted to do a Ford Mustang so that Ford would fund portion of the movies. For that reason, and Bob Zemeckis's line to him was, "Doc Brown doesn't drive a fucking Mustang," and that became a T-shirt at the DeLorean uh, convention that year. Was Bob (laughs) Zemeckis's quote of, "Doc Brown doesn't drive a fucking Mustang." (laughs) Uh, You know, I yeah, I I mean, this is
1: obviously. I knew this was probably your number one, maybe two. Not only
0: because, like, I love it so much, but because it's so synonymous to the fact that they're, like, because of this movie, this car is still so highly collectible. And the fact that, like, even though DeLorean Motor Company has been out of business for years, parts are still made for it by a company in Texas (laughs) who bought all the molds just to continue making stainless steel parts to deliver to people who still. Love this iconic automobile and and rebuild it. Restore Dave, if them. you're a
1: millionaire, you probably do the same thing just because you love it.
0: Jay, if I was a millionaire, I would have the '89 Batman, the fucking Ecto One. And the DeLorean DMC twelve sitting in my fucking garage, and my day to day driver would be the be the fucking Chevy Nova from Death Proof. if I was a millionaire, I'd have all that stuff. And I'd tell my wife, I'd be like, "There's no car seat in the all back right. of the fucking Death Proof car. <laughs> There's no room for that. It's just me, baby. You want to go for a ride? Only my seats. Death Proof. <laughs> I can crash this bitch anywhere, and only I'll get out." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll take but I'll I, take that car on the weekends. You can have it on the weekdays. When I yeah. hit the lottery, I'll buy one.
0: Yeah, there you go. You wouldn't buy your <laughs> Jag. You, 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 you'd buy the fucking Death Proof car.
1: Well, with the, uh, well but, with the lottery, I could buy any, every fucking car in our top ten here. But I
0: think, like, out of all the cars on our list, I think, like, the DeLorean, that's the one that, like, I think most people who collect DeLorean memorabilia or, or, or restore DeLorean vehicles are not doing it because they love and respect everything about the creation of a DeLorean, right? They're not in love with its design. They're not in love with its with, with its motor or, or its or or anything about that vehicle at all. They're in love with this movie, Back to the Future. And that's what keeps that car and it's collector culture going.
1: As and I always say, it's, it's in its own category. It's a, it's 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 a perfect cat- movie. It's it's great. It's fantastic. And it's for perfect.
0: me, and for me, it's iconic because, you know, I look at that and I fucking absolutely love that vehicle. I, I I think if they made it a Mustang, that would have been a great mistake on Universal's part. It definitely wouldn't have been as iconic because it's especially watching it when you're in your in your younger years me and you in our not in the 90s these cars weren't everywhere we didn't see them anywhere anymore right they looked like spaceships to us and uh i remember the first time i saw one in a the wild there was this old uh mechanical shop in in newtown near us off of washington avenue and they had three deloreans parked out front of it
1: Ooh. and
0: for the longest time and one of them had a for sale sign on it mm. and I, I remember when i got to be around 18 years old one of them was still there and i went into the place and i asked them about the delorean they're like well it doesn't have an engine in it and it it it, it doesn't have any seats like it's <laughs> like it's 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 a project and it's like it's why it's being sold so cheap and i was just like again like, I, don't, I don't care about any of that how did it get here <laughs> Right? Like, who had this and was just like, I'm going to get rid of it. <laughs> and the guy said, like, he, uh, it, it was in the garage because an older gentleman bought it in the 80s. Uh, he ran on some rough times. He ended up dying. His son ended up selling some of the parts to pay for medical treatments for his father to. Back to the Future lovers and collectors who were trying to restore DeLorean to then turn it into Doc Brown's DeLorean from from the movie. And that's how it ended up there. He wound up selling it. He almost sold it for, for the cost of the scrap metal. But this garage gave him slightly more than what the stainless steel scrap metal would get him. Damn. Yeah. And I was very close to buying it, Jay. Because when I tell you it was cheap, like, I mean like three grand cheap. Holy shit for a car without an engine now and i just couldn't justify it at the age of like 18 of <laughs> scraping together three i mean grand. how could you
1: because it's just gonna like literally just sit there it was it forever. would have sat in
0: my parents house it would have and, sat
1: there in the driveway you, know, you you can't even show it off really i mean it's just it's kind of it's all it almost mm. it almost turns pathetic <laughs> it's oh, like yeah uh, final i got this final uh, honorable mention
0: what's that uh 93 jeep wrangler painted tan and red
1: oh jurassic which, park uh, Jurassic Park, yeah.
0: (laughs) Final honorable mention. Love those jeeps. Yeah, Uh,
1: there's a guy around here who drives around
0: who who drives around one. Um, He has he has a jeep that's painted uh, gray, uh, uh, tan, and and red, and he has the Jurassic Park symbol. And every time I look at him, I, I see him, and I go, "Me and you are, we're not the same, but." We're kindred spirits. <laughs> There's so, something about us is the same. There's another guy who drives around in a Mazda station wagon who's done up by a uh, done up like a the, Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters. Car. Yeah,
1: he's in Langhorne Borough.
0: Yeah, I always see him driving around the mall yeah, the yeah. area.
1: I've, I've so, uh, ran by his place before. Yeah,
0: I see him and I go like, respect. I respect you for yeah. that. Uh, look, movie vehicles can be absolutely iconic, especially when they when they dominate the film where they become characters in and of themselves and I feel like most of the cars on my list are characters in and of themselves. Uh, Jay's number one is his dream car. So, I want to hear from you guys, man. I want to know what your most iconic movie vehicles are. I want to know what your dream vehicle is. You saw it in a movie like where you first saw it that, that made you go like, I want that fucking car reach out to us on our social medias you can check me out on twitter at super movie pod you can also catch me on my instagram my personal instagram it's smb dave jay where can everyone check you out
1: well i will be on instagram super movie bros on facebook super movie bros podcast and twitter j underscore smb And then, of course, we are part of a network. We are part of the Age of Radio
0: Podcasting Network. So you can head over to ageofradio.org. There you can check out all the shows that are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. You can go to our page. You can check out uh, our media player that's on there. It has all the episodes that are available to you of Super Movie Bros. So if you've missed an episode or you just found us and you want to catch up on all the episodes, you can go to ageofradio.org slash podcast. And you could check out all the previous episodes of Super Move Bros. Of course, we do have a Patreon, all of me and Jay's uh, pre-roll discussions, uh, which you would think is me and him going over show notes. It never is. Jay has no clue what's going to be on the show until about 30 seconds before I tell him, okay, hit record. So He's uh, not it's wrong. Not, <laughs> it's not pre-roll stuff. It is it, it is me and Jay kind of getting into like our personal lives a little bit, some fun stories, uh, sometimes some sad stories, sometimes. But every sad story always has a funny ending. I never let them end sad. I make sure to that, that I make fun of Jay, you no do. matter how hard he's trying. <laughs> <laughs> I always remind him of his place. <laughs> <laughs> under my boot heel <laughs> you can catch out you can catch all that stuff on our patreon so patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast and uh, we haven't gotten a review in a while so what the fuck mm-hmm. i need people to go on to itunes uh, i need people to leave us a five-star review write us a little message i want to feel happy i want to i, I want to read one of your messages i want to go that just just
1: lifted my day I was and we will review it and talk yeah. about it and thank you on air.
0: I just I, I just had a handful of painkillers. I was going to fucking pop them in my mouth and I was going to drink I was going to chase it with a beer. And then I read your review and it said how much you like the show and then you saved my life. That could be you. Head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, write us a review. Save my life. Do it. I want to thank all you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers.